Hey guys, welcome back to Cut to the Chase. I am your host, Chase Daniels, as always, and this week we have a fantastic episode waiting for you. My guest this week was my aunt. Her name is Stephanie Daniels, and we got to dive into her career field as well as talk about a little bit what it's like being a mother of two kids during COVID and how it was like to adapt to that life. I had a great time recording with her, and the conversation just kept flowing, and Honestly, it was a great time, so I hope you guys enjoy, and without further ado, here is Stephanie Daniels. It should be an ASMR podcast, and we just say it. Hear the sound of my voice. That's creepy. I know. Well, that's what, some people like that stuff. Like, they like ASMR. Um, I don't know what it is. What is ASMR completely, but they just like this, like the sounds of things. Yeah. So they want to hear, like... It, it signifies the subjective experience of low-grade euphoria. So, yeah, like nails, like, going across little phalange things. I don't know what those are called. Like, they like whispering. Autonomous sensory meridian? Meridian Thank response. you. Autonomous sensory meridian response. ASMR. That's a whole lane. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a big fall. Uh, it's like one of those have you ever tried one of those head massagers like the tingly yeah i got one of those for my stepdad for christmas a couple of years yeah. ago i went into newberry comics yeah. and they had one it it is weird i know it's only good for like a couple of uses because yeah. then you your body you gets get used, used to it, to it yeah. but it's good to get that like tingle Ooh. But that's exactly what that is like that sensory you know who likes sensory responses like that who people with autism really Mm -hmm. so what exactly is your occupation what is your your field of work so i work with individuals with autism Mm -hmm. Um, so i work at a private school we service children three through adulthood Mm -hmm. um and my job is to work with individuals 14 years and older um i think my oldest student is about 28 right now um but we teach job training skills um so i have eight classrooms where we teach different work skills um then we transition to finding volunteer internships and employment opportunities for them in the local community so I find people with autism jobs. That's awesome. Teach job training skills. So is that in? Now I was having a conversation with somebody earlier. So at my work, we just had somebody come in, and I don't know if he had autism or not, but you could he he had a helper mm-hmm. at the job, and he was help he was loading the truck for mm-hmm. with packages, but he had somebody. Mm-hmm. So are you? Is that? in like the social work field is that social work yeah it definitely could be um it's also voc rehabilitation Mm -hmm. um and for since i work at a private school it's just part of the um educational services that we provide so more in adulthood it's probably um considered types of social work to do that so the individual that you saw as the helper is called a job coach yeah um so they're there to kind of make sure they're meeting the job requirements that they know how to do it and then they'll actually like customize any learning or teaching procedures that the individual might need because um for 
my kiddos with autism, they don't learn typically. Like you can probably go on a job, have orientation, do some job shadowing, and you'll just kind of acquire the job skills as you're exposed to them. Yeah. Individuals with autism typically need everything broken down and taught to them step by step. So that's um, the approach that we take from an educational standpoint is how do we teach each skill in a broken down context? Um, we use ABA, which is Applied Behavioral Analysis, which is just the process of literally breaking down a skill. Yeah. So if you wash a table, when we break down that skill, it's 32 steps to wash a table. For you and I, we think, oh, we get a cleaner, we spray the counter, we wipe the counter, it's three steps. Yeah. In actuality, when you break it down very, very systematically, it's about 32 steps. Wow. So that's, that's like a, a lot of just a, attention to detail mm-hmm. and also just a lot of patience too mm-hmm. yeah definitely <laughs> when when did you when did you get into this so like did you go to school thinking you wanted to get into that sort of job uh actually no um so i originally wanted to be a psychologist interestingly enough and i wanted to work with kids in foster care mm-hmm Um, But when I was younger, I somehow stumbled upon um, a job opportunity with an individual with autism. Um, You may remember Ian. Ian, yep. Um, So really, I needed a job. Um, And we, it was right when autism services really became pretty much on the forefront of special education. Um, There were a lot of individuals that needed services. And so I actually ended up working in a home-based program, um, basically um, doing home services for a a young boy that was eight years old at the time, and went into his home and basically homeschooled him, um, learned what autism was, learned what applied behavioral analysis was, and worked with him at his home with a behavioral consultant consulting to all the programming until um, the school that I work at, the Shovel Learning Group, opened up. So, and then Ian and I were the first staff and student that mm-hmm. um, opened the doors of NLG. So, I literally stumbled upon it and just have kind of followed the path that was laid for me. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, it's so, it's a very different career than I ever envisioned having. Um, I met Ian, I met his mom, I met Liz Martineau, the president of NLG, and it just kind of worked. I'm by nature a detail-oriented person, so working in applied behavioral analysis really suited me for that reason. Um, And then I think, you know, just once you meet the individuals with autism and you start learning, if you can teach them the way they learn, they can learn and they can do things. They do. Yeah. They do pull at your heartstrings. Um, yeah. So so many of my students. Well, I've it's now like a bond. With, like you definitely have like a bond with each each individual. Yeah. For sure. So um, Ian, I've known now for um, almost twenty years. It's crazy. Yeah. That's <laughs> as just, old as I just I age am, myself. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so some of my kids I've worked with, you know, 16 to 20 years. And so I've known them and had them much longer than my own children. Um, and that's 
the one nice thing about the school that I work at also, and especially now that we have the adult services program, so when they lose entitlement to services at 22, they usually have to leave the educational school system and then go into other providers, service providers. Um, But we have an adult services program, which the majority of our students transition into, so I don't actually ever have to say goodbye to them. (laughs) Now, when you, so with each individual, right, is it... So each individual teaching each individual is different, right? Mm-hmm. So you said with like 32 steps, like you gave the example mm-hmm. to wash a table, mm-hmm. each one is going to learn it a different way, like at their, mm-hmm. at a different pace. At a different pace, yes. Um, so that 32-step process is called a task analysis. So yeah. part of my job is to write all the curriculum that we teach our individuals. So part of what I did when I was first starting the vocational training program was just decided what way are we going to teach things and basically what i did is look at the industry standards of what is the most common way to do something um so folding a towel for example um i toured and consulted a lot of hotel industry um placements yeah and we just obviously there's multiple different ways you can fold a towel. There's multiple different ways you can wash a table. There's multiple different ways you can go about, um, you know, analyzing data or inputting data and things like that. So for us, we just, we started with one way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we taught all of the individuals that way. Um, so everyone gets introduced to the 32 steps of washing a table for consistency. Um, so part of also teaching autism is, not one person is with that individual all the time. In our in our school, multiple different people work with an individual. We rotate every two hours. So on any given day, there's potentially three people working with an individual. So part of the reason of having one set way of teaching a person with autism is for the consistency of training. Um, and would you say also that the rotation there help, I guess, helps them be a little more accustomed to like the, the social... I get the social aspect of getting a job where they're going to be involved with multiple people and not yeah, just definitely. one person. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the technical term that we use for that is generalization. Yeah. So they generalize their skill set from one individual to another, to another. Um, and that is incredibly important. The older they get and the more, um, curriculum that they go through as we're planning really for work sites, we pretty strategically go through them, Um, listening and responding to more novel people um, because our hope is definitely that someday we're able to integrate them into a work site and they're able to work alongside their co-workers take direction from supervisors and management and not always have to rely on that job coach that we have there training with them you know some individuals definitely will require the job coach for the long term um, but we're always looking at once a student is in a job, how can we fade back those supports and how can we make it more natural to the setting that they're in? So it's incredibly important that they learn how to do those skills with multiple different people. Um, and then also in their training later on to um, various different requirements. So again, if I've taught you how to wash a table with my 32 steps because that's what I built for NLG's curriculum that's great 
until you go to a work site and a manager tells you to do it differently. Yeah. Um, and so they, they do need to adjust to, to those differences. Um, and they do usually by that, again, everything's pretty strategic um, with our planning and our training. Um, and obviously we have the job coach there to support the um, altering those teaching plans um, or those teaching procedures to learn those variations of task. That's, that's insane. Like, honestly, I guarantee you people go through their lives not even knowing that that's something that's being taught, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's definitely, especially, I think that everyone in this world has a purpose and what you do definitely helps Mm -hmm. people kind of go out and just live their lives more, especially with something like autism, not letting that get in the way and having them be able to go out and and get jobs and go out into the world and see what else is out there i think it's it's very important but it's it's crazy that you kind of stumbled along like into this occupation with i would say like almost like fate it was almost Mm -hmm. like fate and Mm -hmm. it's crazy how a lot of people will i guess you could say they get into this like oh well i go to college and i want to do this one thing and they get this one tracked mine and then they get lost in trying to create Mm -hmm. a path for themselves and then they get stuck in it and then they're in a rut like right now for me i went i went to college for um, business and sports management Mm -hmm. and that's awesome and i I love doing that and i want to obviously get into like the business aspect of um my career but I've kind of looked back at it over the uh, last couple of months and have looked at it like, well, so COVID hit, right? Mm-hmm. But where is like the, the silver lining in this mm-hmm. all? And I'm looking at it and I'm going, well, if I graduated college and got right into the workforce, I probably wouldn't have started this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it like this happened and it's a shitty situation for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people we're able to go in different paths mm-hmm. or go down. So in that sense, it's like for you, you wanted to be, you wanted to get into psychology, you want to be a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden this stumbles upon you. It, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I also think about that too, is like you, how you, like, I don't know the, the, the true story of how you like met uncle Kurt, but you weren't <laughs> living in like, he's from Massachusetts right. and you were from Tennessee, Tennessee. and that's wild. Like everyone's mm-hmm. path, will just in, like mm-hmm. intertwine with people or something like that and yeah. It, yeah. it's it's wild that yeah. i think a lot more people especially right now need to understand that sometimes stuff like this opens up other opportunities for you yeah and in yeah. your case it kind of just happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but well and that's what I, I was actually just thinking like literally would have pulled the word opportunity um because i th- i think that you're right and like everyone we're we're so conditioned to make a plan have a plan conquer your plan you know just be in it to win it lean in do all of these things and like map out every step of your life and often that leads to disappointment because um you know a lot of times i mean realistically if you're making a plan you're planning to fail like hardly ever does a plan go the way you envisioned it i mean and and that can be a career that can be marriage that can be raising children Mm -hmm. um any of it it just you know i think now having my career you know for 20 years being married 20 years parenting um none of it 
is how I envisioned it. None of it. Um, but there's been so much opportunity in all of it. And I do think I live life of what is the opportunity in front of you? What is the next best thing that you can do in your life? Um, so yes, have your goals, have your passions, um, know what you stand for, uh, know kind of what your purpose is. Like I knew I all, I always knew I wanted to help people, but what that looks like can be so different for so many people. And I never imagined that it would be autism. Um, and now 20 years of my life has been dedicated to autism, um, And that is not at all what I, I mean, Kurt and I just had a conversation literally weeks ago and I said, wow, I'm really, really surprised that I haven't done anything with foster care yet because I fully believed, um, because I grew up in foster care, that that would be the way that I paid it forward would be to give back to children in foster care. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I haven't. That opportunity has not presented itself for me personally. And it just has not been the right scenario for our family to pursue that um, to date. Maybe maybe that will change in the future. But um, autism has presented itself over and over. And the opportunities that have come with working in the field of autism um, are very plentiful. I mean, it's it's not easy work by any means, but anything that you're going to do and do well doesn't come easily. So um, I've literally just followed the path because even after I entered the field of autism, then I went to work for the private school that was opening. And really, realistically, that was because I needed health insurance. And Kurt and I had just gotten married um, a little bit before that. And he was working on his own and thinking about starting his own business. And we needed health insurance. So um I took the job that gave us health insurance that paid enough for me to at least like start going to school. And I actually did start, um, my schooling for special education. Um, but education changes very, very quickly. Um, all the requirements and I was working full time and trying to put myself through college, um, paying for it kind of out of pocket. And, um, I just couldn't keep up with the changing requirements in education. So I actually switched to business management. Yeah. Um, so my undergrad is in business management. And then <laughs> that took me forever <laughs> <laughs> to get that degree. Um, and then once I got that degree, I ended up getting my MBA pretty quickly. I was pretty hard headed by that point. And I was like, I'm doing, I'm working full time. I, I had children by that point, but I did full time grad school while working full time. Um, and I, I think, Uh, was also pregnant with Hunter at that point but I did it I did it in two years that was my goal I was like I'm I'm finishing this it's not going to take me as long as my undergrad so it's interesting all my experience is in special education um, but my degrees are in business which is actually like a really great combo because um, I love education Uh, I love uh, teaching individuals with autism but because of what I do in the in the employment services end of things, the majority of my job now being the director of the program is talking to employers and talking to employers about how they can give individuals with autism jobs um, and what that looks like. And that is me working alongside of a lot of employers and managers to 
figure out how we job car for those individuals. And then working with other employees on how to foster relationships with these individuals with autism. So a lot of what I do is going into businesses and teaching them what they can um, adjust and alter for these individuals. It's um, doable. Honestly, it's 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 just inspiring to hear like how you got just into that occupation. Like you said, with I like to go back to the whole fate thing is I feel like out of college, a lot of people, like you said, they they make a plan and that plan fails. And I like for me, I could tell you going into school and then graduating, there's no way I could see myself when, when I first started. I'm like, I'm going to have a job coming out of college. But mm-hmm. that's the thing is I feel like what COVID has taught us is how uncertain life can be mm-hmm. at any time. It can just take a hard, like hard right turn or hard left turn, whatever you want to say. It, 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 it changes. And I think just the, the way that you like your mindset on it is, is crucial for people to realize that sometimes instead of you creating your own path, there is just a path in front of you, but you're, you're blinded, mm-hmm. you're blinded from it because you, you, you make your own plan and you don't realize that so many things in life can change so easily. Whereas, like I said, right now, the path for me I'm looking at it is like, obviously, I'm still t- trying to find a job, but here we are right now, I'm interviewing mm-hmm. you. And that's, I, mm-hmm. I don't take that for granted. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like we're, we're just programmed at a young age to just go into this like machine of life where it's just get a, go to college, get a job and everyone's just they have blinders on and they're looking straight forward and they're not looking at the other possibilities around them and then they get into their lives and sometimes you'll see that they either like just they hate their their jobs they hate going to their jobs or they they kind of they they find people and marry people and that ends up not working and it it just kind of doesn't bring the quality of life that everyone should see Mm -hmm. because they have those like that they have that tunnel vision Mm -hmm. instead of looking around at the opportunities around them Mm -hmm. and it it sucks because I feel like I know some of those people in my life where I wish they would kind of just it's it's almost like adapting Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. to different to different situations and it's one of the things that I've always kind of wanted to get better at is just being open-minded with almost every aspect of life whether it's my my social life or getting a job or whatever it is just as long as you have um just an open mind it just opens so many other opportunities for knowledge um for friendships Mm -hmm. for relationships for anything Mm -hmm. and like I said, I feel like there's just in today's society and how we've been raised is just to get thrown into that machine. And it's like, it's almost mm-hmm. like, I don't know if uh, the thing I'm picturing is like this machine and one, like a, a, just someone's going into it. And then you just see all this steam coming out of it and they come out and everyone's in like a business suit and a mm-hmm. tie and they all come out and everyone just looks the same, yeah. you know? And I don't know, I guess. I just wish that people would be more open-minded and just, yeah, I don't know, some sort of input-output machine like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, your story is perfect where you, you had your, your mind set on something, but obviously, like, you kind of just stopped and looked around and that opportunity presented it's, it's, 
that opportunity presented it to you and you, you took right. it and you, you ran with it and you, you're living a great life. You have an, a nice house and you and, um, Kurt have been together for, you said 20 years and you have two beautiful kids mm-hmm. and you guys are doing good. Yeah, and again, it's not anything that we have. It's not, like you said, it's not like you plan this. It's not like you're like literally at 20, you're like, all right, well, this is what's going to happen. This is, and that's, that's one of the thing too, is setting yourself up for failure, right? So one, I love movies and one of the movies that just came out recently was um, this movie called Parasite and it was a Korean movie. Um. But it was like critically acclaimed, um, and it won an Oscar. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, wow. this is it. It's on Hulu. Let's see if you can pull up the uh, IMDb. There you go. I was thinking Parasite Hunter, and I just watched all the Stranger Things. I'm thinking, no, no, no. Uh... So yeah, so you'd think this movie is about it, but mm-hmm. um, the synopsis says greed and class discrimination threaten the newly formed mm-hmm. symbiotic relationship between wealthy Park family and the destitute kim clan Mm -hmm. i think i said that word right that's my biggest issue on this show is not saying words right (laughs) um but it's it's a great movie Mm -hmm. and what it goes through is this higher class family and this lower class family Mm. yeah won four oscars um and so basically this higher class family is very um they're kind of arrogant and also ignorant towards the entire world. They just have all this money in this lower class um, family. Yeah, I guess spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. I'm not going to tell. But they, the reason why it's called Parasite is like one person from the lower class gets a job tutoring a kid from that family. And then slowly they get the another person a job and they slowly start to like take mm-hmm. over the family's like being servants for the family. Right. But there was a good quote in the movie where the lower class family hit the dad. The son was like, what are we going to do? Like, what if we get caught? And the dad was like, the, the kid was like, do you have a plan? And the dad was like, no, because a man with a plan is a fool because mm. he'll always set up a plan. And then when that plan doesn't go right, he'll be disappointed. Mm. And I was like, damn, mm. it was pretty deep, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, and I do. I mean, that's so true. Like, when you have a plan and it doesn't go, yeah, you are disappointed. That's what, So this yeah. is what it says. That, um, you know what kind of plan never fails? No plan. Yeah. No plan at all. And you know why? Because life cannot be planned. Look around you. Do you think these people made a plan to sleep in the sports hall with you? No. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a – so they had a flood in the right. movie. Spoiler alert. One of the um, – there was a flood. The family that was poor. There was a flood, and they yeah. lived in like a basement apartment, and they had to go live in like basically a shelter. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a good movie. It's crazy. It gets wild towards the end, but mm-hmm. that's why it's won four Oscars. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, with Kurt and I both, we got where we are because we both just have a really good work ethic. Yeah, and I think that that is um, probably. And I don't mean a work ethic in the sense of, um, you know, there's so much buzz today about hustling. You got to hustle. You got to go, 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 go. Get up at 5 a.m. and work yourself um, 
to death. We don't. I mean, it took us a long time. I'm probably better at it now than Kurt is. It took me a long time to create boundaries between work and home and know how to shut it off and compartmentalize it. Um, But honestly, I I don't hustle anymore. (laughs) I feel bad kind of admitting that. Um, I don't. I think, you know, with age also comes wisdom. And I think with age and um, parenting, you know, obviously you have to reprioritize on some level when you're raising children. Um, But I don't, you do get to a certain point where you're like, okay, this is my threshold. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And this is enough. And I think sometimes the this is enough is okay. And that I think is hard for, um, again, when you're constantly hearing go for the hustle, 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 go more, go more, go more. I mean, it's hard. There are, sometimes I, I feel like, oh, I should go back to school and I should do more and I could do this and I could do that. Yeah, and like, and I could. Gonna, you're, if that's like you have the, the, like I was saying, the nagging voices of mm-hmm. almost like, of like society or that machine I was talking mm-hmm. about. It was like, oh, well, this isn't like exactly how it should be done mm-hmm. or someone's like this should be do- you should be doing this or you should be doing right. this yeah yeah but then like you you know you spoke to it a few minutes ago about there's also you have to balance life with what you want your quality of life to be mm. so i um you know i i really enjoy coming home seeing the kids running around the neighborhood um seeing all the neighborhood kids in the chicken coop chasing after the chickens. Yeah. You know, there is that part of life too, where it's just like, you want to enjoy those simple moments. Um, and it can't, for us, it cannot always be go, 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 go. Um, that actually, I think I always strived to get to that place where I wasn't go, 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 go. And I felt for years, probably actually. So Hunter's eight. I, I remember when I was pregnant with Hunter, um, I very vividly remember telling Kurt, I don't want someone else raising our kid. Our kid. Yeah. Um, because we had, Haley was always a child that was in full-time daycare before and after school. Um, she was always in care because we were always both working because we were in our thirties, like your thirties are just your twenties and your thirties. You work so much yeah. to get to where, I feel like now that we're in our 40s, we're like, oh, we can breathe a little bit. Um, and so, but I very vividly remember that with Hunter. And we just weren't there yet. We really weren't. I, I, I had to keep working. And then Hunter was also in daycare. Um, Hunter ended up being a very different kid than Haley. Haley just, she is, she lives life large. Yeah. She's a people person. She's a go-getter. Um daycare never bothered her long days never bothered her she has endless amounts of energy but then like when hunter was about two we really realized like he's a different kid he this all day daycare um more introverted he's more introverted he needs more time to decompress from a day yeah um hunter's actually much more like me and Haley's much more like kurt Um, and kind of their personality styles. So Hunter just, he's a homebody. He likes to be home. He likes to be running out doors and just kind of living life in in that way. It's kind of funny when you say that, like, I'm sorry to take you off what you were saying, but that's like, that's just 
genetics you know what i mean it's it's crazy that like the biology and science behind all of it it's like obviously he's grown up and seen how you guys act but it's not like he's to the point at his life where he completely understands like characteristics and traits like Mm -hmm. that to a t and like i don't even Mm -hmm. but that's just crazy how genetics are passed Mm -hmm. down like that where it's like you're like one one parent or you're like the other and you get those traits Mm -hmm. i just i've always found that really cool but yeah he's he's my little he's my little homebody even today he was like he woke up and he was like oh i don't have school today do i no it's a stay-at-home day yes like he just like lives for those (laughs) days all all the days are stay-at-home schools days aren't they yeah they are are, what's the what's the schedule like with school right so now. um they just quote unquote went back to school um so my kids are doing the hybrid yeah um educational model this year so for our district that means they have school two mornings so monday and tuesday mornings they go to school for three and a half hours and then they come home log back on the computer for remote learning in the afternoon and then wednesday thursday friday they're on full remote um and you want to talk about not having a plan? We like I'm telling <laughs> you, make one of the school system, I cause good. I do not have a plan for next week. Oh, plan for I, you not having a plan, or I thought you were gonna say the school system not having a plan because. Well, I think because I work in education, so we're even though I work in a private school, um, we are are still um, held to the DESE regulations of living through COVID and educating and all that goes with that. So my, my school actually opened, um, NLG where I work opened back up in July. So I've actually been back to work since July. So thankfully summer camp opened and my kids have been in summer camp, which they love. They like didn't miss a beat and they have actually had a somewhat normal summer. Like you wouldn't, we, they haven't really felt the effects of the COVID summer where you had to stay home because they went to camp because we both went back to work well Kurt was never out of work um but I went back to work and so they've been at Lost Lake and Grottenwood living their best life um uh with mask on and social distancing but again kids are resilient so that part they actually have not struggled with I, I expect a hunter to a little bit with the masks yeah with the mask and the, like the just um feeling like there's so many rules to follow especially for kids I mean even us as adults being told what we can and can't do or how we have to do it and you know you can only I don't even know how many how many can you gather with now is it 25 50 I don't even know anymore it's state regulation right yeah so like it's just so weird being told what to do or what you're allowed to do so do you think that he like so how old is Hunter he just turned eight just turned eight um so like when you're telling him about a pandemic like how how much of that does he is he able to actually comprehend of like the scale of everything with it i don't think um i don't think he really can comprehend it because i mean can we comprehend it <laughs> no i mean yeah people I, are I, mean, I, I think he, like we have no clue again we haven't on. we i mean for us we haven't seen I mean, we, we know of people who've gotten COVID, but, yeah. you know, like we spoke of earlier, like it's kind of like having a cold or the flu. Yeah, you don't know. It, it just affects people differently. That's what the biggest thing yeah. is, is no one, no one so, knows how it really works. But our kids haven't been 
exposed to it. Like, we don't know anyone who's really had COVID. Um, Or we haven't seen someone symptomatic with the COVID symptoms. Um, Haley did have to get tested this summer. And so she thinks that she knows what COVID's like because she did have to get tested. She had 103 fever. She did not have COVID. (laughs) Um, But we did have to quarantine her (laughs) for, um, uh, what was it? Uh, four, or five, four or five days. No, they wanted to give us two weeks, but I stood behind my negative COVID test and said, I, you gave me a negative COVID test. Come yeah. on, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, because again, I was back at work and Haley was at camp and, and she was fine. Her She actually only had the fever for 12 hours. I think she was dehydrated, which she always gets dehydrated in the summer because again, full-time working parent, full-time summer camp for my kiddos <laughs> yeah so she's, so we're used she's to like, it she's not thinking about water she's probably having fun with her friends exactly and not even, yeah. yes yeah so she um so you know i think that for hunter does he understand it no i mean he definitely says often i hate covid <laughs> um because of the inconveniences um or for the things that we just can't do. Like we went on, um, actually we were supposed to go to Disney for yeah. his eighth birthday. He was supposed to go, um, to Disneyland. We we're going to take Marsha with us. Um, finally get her on a vacation. And he was looking forward to it cause we we're going to star Wars world and all that fun stuff that eight year old boys love. So we had actually in March, we were supposed to go to Tennessee. Um, that's right when the pandemic was breaking out. So we did not go to Tennessee and we, in March, rolled those tickets over to Florida um, for August for his birthday and stupidly told him in March that, oh, don't worry. Like, we'll make it up to you that when we go to Florida. That was the thing, though. A lot of people right. thought that it would be gone or be done by, yeah. like, after summertime. And here we are. We're yep. still here. Yep. So um, I think, so we were supposed to go late August, I think early August, because Florida was such a mess at that point. Um, that was a hot state. So we said we cannot take my children who are about to go back to school and Marsha mother-in-law to Florida Graham (laughs) um Graham to Florida so we canceled um so now he is just like he knows we have these plane tickets and he's like where are we going where are we we going when are we going on vacation but we um so we ended up spending his birthday week in North Conway we always take the week before school starts um that's a nice place to go family vacation so we went up there and we did so many things but it was still frustrating because we um again like plan going back to plans and making a plan and planning to fail (laughs) um because of the occupancy requirements at all the places that you're going like whether i think we did the polar bear caves and we did um clark's trading post but we were having a hard time getting tickets so yeah. like her, I mean, again, Hunter is more oh, like man. me. Clark's so he's like, post. he wants to know what the plan is. Oh yeah. So we'd be like, okay, well on Tuesday, we're going to try to go to Clark's. And I, um, again, bad parenting moment during a pandemic. I was like, oh, I think we're going to meet up with your buddy, Jason at Clark's trading post. You're giving him all these, right? you know, all these hopes and dreams and then just so then crushing we, it in front of his face. We log on to get tickets at Clark's trading post and the, the mom texts me. She was like, hey, we just got our tickets um, for the place. Log on right now because there's only three tickets left You're or like, four <laughs> or whatever, you know, enough for our family, basically. And I mean, literally 15 minutes later, I went to get them and they were gone. 
So his friend had tickets. We did not. We actually couldn't get tickets for two more days. So he was like, I hate, those are going to be his memories of coronavirus. Like when, like, I just couldn't plan well enough around a pandemic to like deliver on what I promised him. Well, that's the thing is that's (laughs) what I'm saying. Like right now he's not going to comprehend it. And the, the thing that I'm associating it with is. I lost half of my senior year in college to it and I didn't get like a graduation and a lot of people from 2020 Mm -hmm. that graduated same thing happened to them Mm -hmm. and um why don't the pandemic oh that's a good one I like that (laughs) um so for him I feel like he's gonna associate that but then he's gonna grow up and he's gonna look back and he's gonna be like wow like a pandemic was going on mm-hmm. while I was eight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Like even for me, I think that like I'm going to think, and I've been telling people like my age, I'm like, this is going to be funny. Like wait until we have like grandkids and we'll be like, we lived mm-hmm. through coronavirus. Know, right? That's crazy. I mean, that's going to beat the uphill and the snow both ways by like leaps and bounds, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I walked, I walked to school uphill both ways. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, but again, I think like this pandemic for like the kids, um, obviously Haley and Hunter have handled it very differently. Um, Haley, I, do you remember when we took Marsha out for, I think it was her birthday dinner? Yeah, that was like right before everything right shut before down. right before shut down. Do you remember what Haley was doing? She was taking down the statistics yeah. of like, mm-hmm. was it the people that were sick and also those that and were dying? And the number of deaths. Yeah. And, yeah, like well, how I mean, the numbers were going up everything. There's nothing wrong with that. If you go on, like, CNN every day, they just have, like, a ticker <laughs> yeah. of just how, like, great. Like, obviously, there's a pandemic going on, but I don't think we need to be showing, like, the body count that's happening right. of how many people are dying. So, Haley, like, totally got into it for a while. She, I mean, just is old enough to really research what does it mean what is it doing? What are the symptoms? What are the numbers? Um, so she, uh, she, thankfully she's not that obsessed with it anymore and she's kind of forgotten about it and life has, um, returned to normal, but they handled it totally differently. That's a good, that's Um, a good skill though. I would say if she, (laughs) when she, I mean, I don't know what her aspirations for going to college are now, but if you ever had to, like if she was unsure, I would say in the future, look into like business statistics and analytics, that's a, it's a big major, and that's mm-hmm. you get a lot of money too. A mm-hmm. lot of companies like that stuff. So she might yeah. be like, "Well, I wanna." I know at my, at that age, like I don't know what I was thinking about at that age. I remember when I was younger, I always wanted to be like a paleontologist oh, or yeah. stuff yeah. like that. And you you know, at that age, you you don't really know. But I mean, if she has a thing and she's writing down all yeah. those statistics, that's yeah. she's a smart girl. She's, yeah, she uh, when she puts her mind to something, she can definitely uh, research it and figure it all out. But yeah, so they, um, but they've both adapted really. I, I actually have really, really been impressed with both of them because they, when we were really, really quarantined and, and really shut in, they, um, they handled it better than I thought that they would. We actually as a family handled it better than I thought we would. Um, but it definitely made me realize to kind of go back to like the plan and the not hustling is... It gave us so much family time that we've really never had yeah. being um, as busy as we are working um, and commuting and stuff. So it was this very weird thing because, again, like we didn't control any of it and it was just was kind of 
forced upon us. Um, but like kind of once the shock and awe of it all wore off and we're like, okay, we're going to be home and you know, what are we doing? It was really, really nice to have for me all. I mean, Kurt was, Kurt, Kurt did go back to work pretty quickly and he was out working most of the days. Um, so it was me and the kids home. Um, but I honestly really enjoyed that time with them. Um, I was a little sad when I had to go back to work and send the kids to summer camp. Uh, we did talk about as a family and I actually have to say, I I did talk, I've talked to my, my kids every summer about having them be in the know as much as possible of what do we want our summer to look like? Or, you know, do you guys want to go to after school or do you want me to get a babysitter? Do you want mom or dad to be home? Like we, we try to involve them in the conversation as much as possible because they are very different. Um, and I think that they're both good about voicing their needs from us. So, you know, Haley being 13, she's like, no, I want to come home off the bus by myself and I want that independence and freedom. And, um, Hunter's like, no, I want your dad home. Like, I don't want to go to after school. Um, again, like Haley would have been fine with that when she was younger. But, um, so we actually talked to them this summer about, this is what summer camp's going to look like. It's going to be masks. It's going to be social distancing. It's going to be a little more rules. The activities are going to be different. Um, camp is just going to be smaller in general. Do you still want to go? So we actually yeah. did give them the choice of that this year. And they both felt, um, I mean, they didn't skip a beat. They're like, no, we definitely want to do it. Um, I feel like as a mother, it was much harder for me to send them. Um, I called the camp director and she was amazing. She spent an hour on the phone with me kind of going through everything. Um, and thankfully it ended up being great for us. Uh, again, our kids. Well, the thing is, is that that's the, it's like the, the pros is like you said, you have like the pros of you get this family time during this pandemic and, and that's perfect. I think a lot of families needed that. It kind of made them slow down from Mm -hmm. if they were like we were talking about earlier in that machine where it's like, you're as a parent you're not paying attention to your kid and you're just going straight forward and you know like i mean that's what i i feel bad like this is a tangent from this conversation this is a tangent from the tangent but i feel bad like you have this family time and it's a big responsibility you have you have a kid that's a massive responsibility and i feel bad for a lot of kids my age we're 23 and they're quarantined with their girlfriends or boyfriends right now and covid babies you know, yeah, they're going to yeah. have babies yeah. just because they were stuck together and right. they didn't, they're not thinking of the actual responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's massive. And, and obviously it's awesome to have that family time, but something that, that scares me with all of this is I feel like it pushed our society into almost more of a distancing ourselves, like obviously socially distancing, but how, what is, what's, what is that going to be like in the future? Mm-hmm. Right. So oh, yeah. how, how are kids going to be social and then that leads us to like it only promotes more social media usage oh yeah and that's terrifying because you don't get the actual like social i think going to school helps shape you Mm -hmm. as a like in an amazing way Mm -hmm. you 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 know you go to school like whether it's middle school or elementary school or high school like you interact with so many people and it it, it shows you that some people suck and some people don't (laughs) and it shows you people that you like and also i think it's a good teaching um lesson that people are usually in your life for like 
sometimes they'll be there for a reason Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and they'll be there or just there's a saying like something like people are in your life for like a reason a Mm -hmm. season or something else and that's the thing is i i went through like high school and even middle school but you don't you don't realize until you're older but high school uh I had plenty of friends in high school that I don't talk to now, but they were my they were my good friends at that point in my life. And then you move on to the next point in your life. And I think looking back, it kind of teaches you that 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 type of social interaction helps shape you for the next step in your life. And I feel with every with the the social distancing and obviously right now it's good but what's going to happen in the future when we get past all this stuff and kids are like well i don't want to go to school or i just want to do homeschool and then you don't get that like mm-hmm. that um that interaction yeah anymore. yeah so both of my kids have um still stayed connected like they just they craved that connection to people and so we found a way to do that um that i actually do have a couple funny little ditties about pandemic and parenting moments so um for for both the kids we did let Haley um have more social media time and more social media apps i guess um platforms than we had because it was one of the only ways that she could interact yeah yeah to connect with people so we um we did allow those for her i mean prior to the pandemic we i had snapchat on my phone so she Mm -hmm. was allowed to use my snapchat account with her friends which is really funny because i don't think her friends ever realized the snap was on my phone yeah (laughs) um she did i think last summer like the summer before the pandemic we let her get instagram and i know she she tried following me (laughs) And has she told you that? I don't know if she, I don't think I let her follow me. Because, oh, no. I mean, I just have different opinions on it. And yeah. it's like nothing against her. I just was like, I don't know if she should be following me right now. I just get, I don't know. I get, in my opinion, I get weirded out at like just kids at that age, at a young age like that having social media. Yeah. And my, like, I'll tell you, right. And I don't, I don't mean to cut you off with what you, what your point was there. And, um, but I just I just deleted Twitter off my phone. Done with it. And we had a I had my account and we had our social media account for this. And I was like, I'm done. I couldn't do it. I was seeing some of my friends would put their point of views or like you just see narratives thrown in by social media and it's it's depressing and it makes me like anxious and like yeah. it makes me angry at people that I know when I talk to them in person, I have no problem with them at all. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, I'm out of here. And I was just deleted it. You know what I mean? I feel that way with my husband sometimes when I see his post on social media. You're just like, can you take that down, please? Well, the thing between behind social media is you, you, it's this way of interacting with each other, but you have no way of understanding the emotion behind Mm -hmm. someone's post. Yeah. So like, I could be like, oh, like. In my head, I could be like, oh, Stephanie is a fool. Ha ha ha. In my head, that's what I'm saying. And I type that out. And then people read that and they're like, oh, they're making fun of her. Like, mm-hmm. she's a fool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you don't well, understand. I, like, the... I feel like social media, I mean, for us, probably not so much Haley, but for us, I feel like a lot of times you get entrapped. Like, 
with all the buzz things that are going on, it's like you feel like you have to comment and I'm not. Because you have like that fear. It's almost like a new fear of missing out. Right. Or not even missing out, but um, with some not of the recent involved. things. Well, or even just like if I don't make a comment, people are going to believe this about me. Yeah, like they create their own yes. narrative on you because you didn't say you anything. Because you didn't say anything. I, I mean, there's probably a really good word for what I'm trying to say, and I don't know what it no, is. No, I, I, like I understand the reverse psychology of social media. Yeah, like, no, yeah. If you remain silent, it's so like it's if like, you say nothing, then you're saying something kind of thing. And it's like, well, no, I just really, I don't, I don't have a dog in this fight. Like yeah. it's not... Well, or maybe a big, I'm just busy. <laughs> the, the, well, one of the big things, and I know this is kind of a big issue right now, but the, the um, there was a social media thing going on during the beginning when the whole George Floyd thing went up, down and the, the Black Lives Matter movement and people were just posting the black square. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. like, people were saying some people did it and some people mm-hmm. didn't and some people gave their opinion on it and then of it and those two sides are clashing and then they were drawing people in that didn't post anything mm-hmm. and they're like so this is yes. your opinion yes. because you didn't post it and it's like no that's not true yep. you know yeah. there's a million other ways that you can support something but right. just because you're not saying something right. doesn't mean that you're against it and that's yeah. what that's what social media does is it i feel like it only tears mm-hmm. people in two different directions mm-hmm. and it's it's ter- it's it's awful so like yeah. that's one of the questions i had for you is as being a parent and having um haley's 12 thir- 13 she's yeah because i'm turning 23 right she's mm-hmm. 10 years mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. um and it's what what are you bringing up sorry it's probably looking for oh. the word i was trying to one of the quickest ways to destroy any goodwill or positive mind share that you have with your network is to not respond to their social media comments. It's mm-hmm. almost like not commenting. You feel like you're destroying your goodwill even Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that like it with um, social media, it it's bringing up a new ethical boundary, mm-hmm. and it's it's wild. I think we're we're going at this thing a million miles an hour when we should kind of be taking a step back and realizing Mm -hmm. what it's actually doing but people people don't care they're just like whatever this is a big deal though we have a massive divide in this country and social media is only making it worse Mm -hmm. you know when you have a problem with somebody or something Mm -hmm. the best way to get over it is sit down and just talk it out Mm -hmm. and that's fine if you sit down and talk it out and have an open mind on both sides if you leave the conversation and you guys both still don't like each other that's mm-hmm. fine but at least you're able to share right. that interaction and kind of get a little empathy mm-hmm. towards each side but with social media nowadays you don't get that people right. just attack each other mm-hmm. and they'll only do that online they won't right. sit down and actually talk and it, it's terrible yeah. well, i just you know raising Haley and her being in eighth grade now and um you know when i was in eighth grade girls are mean yeah she's in eighth grade and imagine girls what that's like on social yeah in so social she, media though that's I mean, crazy she has been actually pretty lucky with social media she is not she, so she has snapchat instagram and um 
TikTok. Yeah. Ugh, I hate TikTok. Well, good thing it's um, <laughs> as of tomorrow. You can't it's download banned, it. Right? Yeah. Well, that's a thing. So will it's it be blocked now? No. So like if she gets a new phone, she can't re-download uh, it. So they're not letting you re-download it. And they're also making it so the app can't update so slowly. Uh, it's just going to die off. Yeah. Well, that's not a bad thing. Um, but she got me on the social media things because um, a lot of her friends do not actually talk on the phone. They DM people. D- down in the DMs. Yeah, they they DM. They're so not she's like, a lot, Mom, lot of uh, we don't times? talk on that. Well, they don't even. T- I mean, she does text and FaceTime, but a lot of the conversations happen in those snapchat or in those back rooms of these social media i call them back rooms mm-hmm. because i didn't actually even know they existed like she's taught me most of what i know about all of this stuff. so are you saying they're talking through like the dms of like instagram like the yeah, yeah like the instant so that, messages and all of those things um does she use like snapchat a lot to text because i know like yeah. a lot of my friends will still use snap text yeah. i like regular just iMessage, but there is a lot of yeah there's a, so she there's does, a lot of I communication think they, they do a lot through Instagram. And um, Snapchat, I still can't really get my head wrapped around. I'm really, really... I mean, she has shown me a lot of times. Um, I do trust her. Uh, she doesn't put a lot on her social media. I mean, I think that we started at a very young age yeah. teaching her about... Um, just some of our fears about social media and, um, you know, people who just sit on social media accounts and try to find young children who are not being well, yeah. monitored. So that's, well, that's, we talked about this earlier before when we were setting up is I think that you should sit down. She's at an age where she'll, she'll understand, but you guys should sit down and, and watch that, um, documentary that I was mm-hmm. talking about that's on Netflix right now. It's called the social dilemma. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because they they bring up it's not so much um, as the dark side of social media like you were talking about where there's I mean, obviously you have like creeps and weirdos and they create like catfish accounts and, you know, and that's that's terrifying. But there's also a lot going on with just getting addicted to social media and how how it affects our lives going Mm -hmm. forward. So watching this with her, I mean, she might take it. Mm-hmm. very lightly or she might take it, it it's a it's a good documentary that i think everyone should watch even people of your age or my yeah. age or anything and it was crazy to hear it because one of the things i was i was telling you about before was like snapchat they were talking about one of us like snapchat dysmorphia where it's like mm-hmm. kids will take pictures and they like to enhance themselves mm-hmm. and then they like that look better or then they'll post that picture and they get more likes on that picture mm-hmm. than their regular self mm-hmm. so then deep down inside that slowly layers on a, a a constant battle that they don't like how they actually look or mm-hmm. who they are and they so they want to change themselves into something else yeah. when you're like 12 you should that you shouldn't care about that that's not one of the biggest issues you should have in your life at that point it and it's it's wild too to think that like you said i mean one of the things they brought up too was um generation z which is my generation we were the first generation to grow up and have 
be young and have a, a social media account. So mm-hmm. my first social media account was Facebook, and I think I was like 12 years old, 10 wow. years old, you know? Wow. It's That's wild. We'd, mm-hmm. we'd go to school, come home, and then we'd go on Facebook. Back then, I didn't really know how Facebook worked. We were just mm-hmm. like, yeah. LOL, say whatever. But right. it's crazy to think that it's grown into what we have now like i have facebook and instagram and snapchat Mm -hmm. but i from personally for me i can see how much it can dictate someone's life so like i'm fine right now i mean there's my phone i had no clue where my phone is and this Mm -hmm. takes my mind off of it but like there's some people that can't sit in a room without their phone Mm -hmm. and they're constantly looking at it and the people in this in this show what they talk about is there's a lot of um one of the guys was um, a co-engineer for the like button on Facebook. And mm-hmm. another person was like the um, he was hired to do the marketing plan for how Facebook mm-hmm. advertised and stuff. And it, it's good to hear from like these people because they're like, we helped build this. But after a while, we realized how unethical it was. And now we want to inform you guys like this is bad. Like there should be some more regulations on social media. Right. Isn't it like the founders don't allow their children to have these? Probably. (laughs) I think I heard that. I'm like, of of course. What is that? All right. So this is an article from Forbes.com on the Netflix documentary. It says, in other words, the tool is alive, it knows you, it's feeding your information you think you want and need, but in reality, it is eliciting actions and clicks as a way to fuel advertising. Mm, uh, yeah. So they they are yeah. just selling us. You had, a, you had a good point. Oh, let's see. I've learned several other terms. Dopamine, deficit is a state. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean... Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going to the psychology of it it Mm -hmm. there is the thing is is they do when you get likes they have done research on it that it they it releases like Mm -hmm. dopamine into your system so it's it's all it Mm -hmm. is like a drug you get addicted to it it's right it's wild that's one of the reasons that people always have to have their phone like oh i posted something let me go back and see has anyone responded to it has anyone liked it has Mm -hmm. anyone challenged it um if you know if you're that kind of person you like that kind of thing um, yeah, the, the part that I've struggled with the most, and we're actually making the shift with Haley, um, on just having a phone and the social media, um, and really it can be anything. It's TikTok, it's YouTube. It's like everything is on there. Like yeah. Just Netflix, everything is teaching her the self-regulation piece. So like Hunter, my eight year old. He's like, okay, I'm like, you've got an hour of video games Done. a day. Mm-hmm. Here's a timer. When I tell you to get off, get off. Um, we made a snafu during pandemic and let him get Fortnite. That's a whole different story. That was hmm. um, another s- stupid thing on my part of not understanding Fortnite. We'll talk about that one in a minute. <laughs> um, but for her, so up until she turned 13, we, she had, a, I think we, she got her first phone, I think when she was 10 or 11, she got my hand-me-down phone. Um, we didn't allow a lot. I mean, like I said, last summer she was allowed to download Instagram for the first time. Snapchat was on my phone. Um, she does have TikTok. Um, but until she was 13... I actually had an app that was called Kids Lock 
So you could, could you lock her phone with it? I could lock it. So I would actually just set how much screen time she had, what she could have access to. Mm-hmm. And then after she used, I mean, they got, she got an hour a day after she had, was on the phone for an hour, it would just remove all the apps from her phone. Yeah. Um, that was, she could also call me and be like, hey, can you unlock my phone? And I could give her more, t- more time um, or access to things if, if I wanted to. Um, so that was helpful, but I started to realize it's not really teaching her self-regulation. Like I want her to know they're like being on your phone isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. If it's thing. not yeah. distracting you from life, mm-hmm. if you're still able to accomplish everything that you need, like I'll admit I put my kids to bed and I'm exhausted and I probably waste an hour on my phone a night scrolling through social media junk. Yeah. Um, some of it. Oh, you can sit down and be yeah. like, I'm just going to look at TikTok for five minutes and then you're laying in your bed slack. ready to go to bed yeah. and it's been an hour and a half and yeah. you're like, I've been watching 15 second videos for an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, I got entrapped doing that last night. We we're looking at stuff for like, you know, schooling the kids and you justify you everything. You go down a rabbit you hole. You go down a yeah. rabbit hole and then you're justifying how much time you're spending on Because I was researching homeschooling stuff. Like how do I really rock this home, you know, this being at home working and, and um, schooling kids at the same time. And Kurt and I had decided to watch a movie, but then I got on my thing and I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. So here I'm ignoring my husband. We're not spending quality time together because I've like gone down the rabbit hole of YouTube um, and all of these videos. You know how many times I've had, I've been yelled at by just like past girlfriends, like get off your phone. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like they're, they're on their phone. We're laying in bed next to each other and she's on her phone and I'm on her phone and she looks over at me and she realizes you're not you're not giving me the attention get off your phone and i'm like okay yeah. and i put my phone down i look over and she's still on her phone i'm like what i know <laughs> Carter and i do the same thing all the time he's we i yell at him he yells at me we're like oh we're we're on our phone yeah, at night. Been... yeah but we've been married 20 years i'm like what's there that we haven't talked about at yeah. this point um that's but... like it's like um the what's it called the ferris bueller quote at the end and the beginning of the movie is like life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around you might just miss it and that's literally everybody because all we're all on our phones all the time yeah you're right though there's an issue with people not being able to understand how yeah everything on your phone is it seems so awesome but you're missing a lot of some like great stuff that's going on in front of you like in the world that is around you you know what i mean so we, I mean, we get around it by having just some parameters. I don't want to call them rules because I'm really bad at following through on rules. And honestly, surprise, this probably will surprise you. I'm really bad at following through with consequences. Um, yeah. <laughs> interesting tidbit about myself that even I'm surprised at. Um, but I like really, I again, because I feel like if you take away a phone, especially from a teenager... It is the way they're connecting, well, especially in a like, pandemic. So I'm like, oh, I just Are you like... scared of if you do that, like, are they going to resent you? You know what I mean? I'm... Like, are they going to, are they going to, I don't know, just. I don't think it's that she's going to resent me because I actually think like she, Haley and I butt heads a lot. I think it's just a mother daughter relationship. Um, so we're already there anyway. I mean, I could give her everything. <laughs> I mean, you, she just she she's just gone into the teens. Wait yes. until you get yes. into like 
the later teens, like 16, 17, and you get that teen angst and the yeah. and the social media going on. Right. Um, I don't... I, I would like to think that she's not going to and she doesn't resent me. I, I feel like I try to explain everything that we do, and she has said, she probably wouldn't admit it publicly, but... She was like, Mom, you're a really fair mom because you always explain everything and you always let us talk everything out. And yeah. I think that that's the key. Like, just even homeschooling the kids this week, um, or remote schooling them, I, I, Kurt took Thursday for me because I have a lot of work meetings on Thursday. And I said, listen, the, the most important thing is to listen to the kids. Like, yeah. if Hunter's saying, I don't want to read this right now, just read it to him. You know, if Haley's saying, I really need to talk to someone right now, just listen to him. Like... Of course, each of our kids takes advantage of us in their own way, but I think, too, there's, like, a really big amount of grace of, like, really hearing them and knowing them of, like, when they're just giving us a hard time versus when they genuinely need something, and I think, um, I think I have a pretty good gauge on that with both of them. Like, I can tell when she's kind of BSing me and when she's genuinely needing something. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, and she will, she, like, I take her phone every night. She's not allowed to have her laptop or her phone in her room at night still. That's good because she probably wouldn't go to bed until like three in the morning. Well, and she hasn't. We actually, she'll kill me for saying this. I hope she never listens to this. But I and a few of my friends actually have nicknamed her 445 (laughs) because one day she went to a soccer game and she was a beast and my friend looked at me and she's like, what happened to her? I said, oh, she was up till 4.45 on her laptop watching movies or whatever. Um, and I made her get up and I made her go to Hunter's soccer game. That was last year or maybe the year before. So we call her 4.45 now <laughs> because she will. She'll stay up all night on those stupid devices. They, it's like the, it, it is almost addicting to the mm-hmm. point where you don't want to put your phone down. And then, like you said, that's literally the rabbit hole. Like mm-hmm. you're, everyone is Alice and you're falling right down it and you'd have no concept mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. So we take them out of her room. She has curfew, phone curfew, laptop curfew. We give her a warning. We take them. Um, sometimes I forget and I have to like sneak back in the room and I'm like, where is it? <laughs> sure enough, she's like, it's hidden under her pillow or something. And I'm like, I'm pretty smart. I was just tired, but I caught you. Give me your See, phone. back in the day, my version <laughs> of that was like hiding my DS or Game Boy right? from my parents. Yeah. But at least like you could only do so much on a Game Boy or something. Right. Whereas like this with a laptop, you web. have right. the yeah. internet, like yeah. uh, YouTube alone. Right. I could spend an entire day, 12 yes. hours. Yeah. Just watching well, that YouTube Momo. Videos. Do you remember Momo on you? Is it Mo- was it Momo? What was the creepy lady that was on YouTube for a while? There's a lot of creepy ladies on. But YouTube. there was like something that was on the news. I think her name was Momo. Look up Momo. Is that her name <laughs> on YouTube? So my kids would not get on YouTube for a while because this creepy lady was known to like just like pop into. Was it a gamer? I don't know. I think it was like a that oh, thing. Yeah, that thing. Oh, that that gives me chills. <laughs> So, I mean that's not real. So it's for a long a time, it um they would not go on YouTube. But I think they're back on, they're back on YouTube now. Get that thing the fuck off here! Isn't it that's so, so creepy? creepy. <laughs> um, I mean that just I think I've seen that in like Reddit posts. They make yeah. like like creepy pasta stuff where it's like if you're on momo's washing you yes, like that's yeah. but the thing is we used to get like these stupid chain texts with all our friends where you get a text this was back before 
Twitter and everything where it's like retweet this or like this, like they have the same thing. It's like nowadays it's retweet or like this or this person will be in your dreams. And it's like this Mm -hmm. demonic thing. Mm -hmm. But back in the day before all of the social media and everything, you would get like this chain text sent by like one of our one of our friends um, sent me one when we were younger. And it was like it would come with this creepy like Michael Myers sound Mm -hmm. behind it, like the piano to that. And it would be a picture and it'd be like, if you don't send this text, send this text message to 10 people in your contacts list, like oh, they'll appear in your bedroom. And I'm like, gah, like, see both my kids. Would it was always a picture of like the They'd girl like, from the Mom, ring. I need to stay with you at night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we take her stuff out of her room at night. Wait, so what they thought Momo was going to pop. What was that whole thing? So, so apparently Momo like somehow like got spliced into videos. Oh, so like, of, oh, so they would scare kids. Kids would be watching like Peppa Pig and then all of a sudden she'd be like, blah, blah, blah. like she'd do something scary. It was freaking out. Oh, so out it was almost like, what was it? What was that scary car? What was that YouTube video that went? This one was the one that scared the crap out of us oh, wow. when we were kids. We used to always go on YouTube and there was this one video. Yeah, just play it. Oh, wow. I'm I don't know. Have nightmares tonight. Relaxing car driving. Oh, it's so nice. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we used to watch that all the yeah. time, and that—that that was the video yeah. that scared everybody. So I've actually never like, hey, seen look Momo, at this but car. I'm assuming it's kind of like the same yeah, thing. Probably, it just yeah. pop up and creepy music mm-hmm. would play, and then yeah. yeah. So that killed YouTube for a while, but uh, you know the rest of the stuff. Like I just, like you said, it's just a rabbit hole. And even when she's on Instagram, because that's how she talks to her friends on the digital messages, it's like all the reels and all the videos and things like that i'm like what happened like why can't it just be pictures Mm. right because it wasn't instagram just supposed to be pictures it was just supposed to be pictures that's like what visco is now because you can't really comment or like anything that's why i like visco because you can only well you can like stuff but you don't really get a lot of likes it's basically just a picture platform for more like artsy that's I mean, you do learn a lot about people, like all the people taking selfies. and. Well, yeah, that's the thing is that it's – see, I don't want to judge. But when I say this, I don't mean it in a mean way, but in in my opinion, and that's why I'm going to say in my opinion, people can have other opinions. When I see girls or – I say girls because I don't normally see this with men, but I have seen men do this as well, post – multiple pictures of themselves a day but it's then it relays to that the psychology behind it is you get the the dopamine from it you get one like is like you know i don't know like one light is like one like is like a hit of something you know you're getting your fix you're getting the the i someone likes this image of me which means they like me but i feel like a lot of people don't understand is there's there's so much more to humans than just judging a book by its cover right. in that sense right. you know yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of sad i guess it's not a bad it's not bad to promote say like instagram models right but you see a lot of these girls they get their jobs just by taking like half naked pictures of themselves and then right companies hit them up and be like well you get ten thousand likes so how about you take that picture but then 
with like our product in the background are you holding our product and it's tough because there's a lot of women that fight for things nowadays like don't just sexualize women mm-hmm. and then you see that and it's like right. well you're you're getting sucked into the corporate machine of mm-hmm. they're using you and that sexualization to get more people to right. buy their product yeah. and it's 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 yeah. it's dark it's a yeah. it's a dark way to look at it but it's, it's true it's interesting too to like um see you know especially like the back to school you know you see all of the posts of when i grow up i want to be mm-hmm. a doctor or yeah a teacher or whatever how many kids now answer i want to be an influencer yeah it's and all so about it influencers is... we talked about it last last episode josie yeah. and i talked about um so TikTok, we talked about Charlie D'Amelio. Yes. And yeah. we were, ma- we were making... just educating me on her. <laughs> we were making fun of her because we thought... I thought she was from California and I was wrong. She's actually from Connecticut, we oh. learned. And she has a, a drink at Dunkin' Donuts yes. now called the Charlie. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was like, you want somebody... I'm like, she's a Dunkin' spokesperson. I'm like, you want some dude... I'm like, Dunkin' Donuts in Massachusetts. You want to be repping some dude that just put out a uh-huh. parliament light or marlboro light and he's like i want my fucking donkeys kid like that's <laughs> yeah. a, that's what you think of right. that when you know, america runs on duncan but right. it's really new england yeah. but obviously yeah they're trying to reach out to the younger crowd and mm-hmm. get them into it and who else but her she's one of the biggest tiktok influencers mm-hmm. but the the dark side of that is what we were getting at is she's 16 years old and she has the spotlight on her mm-hmm. and we're saying how does what is the um effect of that on her psyche and then that on also her parents so obviously right right, you have a kid and you love them but then all of a sudden she gets 885 million followers on tiktok and she's bringing in money and say the spotlight fizzles out like how does that not I feel like the money in that sense can ethically change your views as a parent so quick. Mm -hmm. So many people are influenced by money. Money has no boundaries. And I feel bad. I just hope that that family is good enough to be able to take that pressure. And we we're like, what's going to happen to Charlie? Like say TikTok does fizzle out. I mean, she has these Duncan commercials Mm -hmm. and I don't know her personally, but I would feel bad if it gets to the point where she's at, she's peaking, mm-hmm. and then it goes down, and the like her mental changes because she's right. like, no one knows me anymore, and no one follows me anymore, and this is at sixteen. Right. She's going through. Well, you've seen puberty. that with so many childhood stars. Yeah, where exactly. they have their like quick rise to fame when they're young, and then they kind of fizzle out, and then they well, think of the most oh, time I think fall apart. Yeah, and think of, like the dark side of it, like some of the some of the like um, River Phoenix, mm-hmm. great actor as a young kid. He was in Stand by Me, like mm-hmm. s- great actor, but the the fame and I don't know what his um, home life was like, but then you you get this like stardom and it introduces you to opportunities. All the doors open, mm-hmm. even the bad ones, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes you go down the way of like drugs and then next thing you know you you see these kids are 20 years old 18 years old and they overdose right you know it's terrible but i just think that at at 16 years old to have 85 million people watching everything you do and 
a lot of what she does is she's i'm pretty sure if you look at her wikipedia page they call her a, a dancer so like yeah. you were saying earlier with the catfish a lot of people yeah see her on she's a social media personality dancer. and dancer she's she's dancing yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. how many of those people are watching her and are creepy right. as fuck you know Literally. what i mean like that's yeah. that's the scary part of it too yeah. I think we just need to be more aware of everything. And you know what, Charlie, if you, I bet you'll never listen to this, but I hope your life goes well. Cause I, I wouldn't want anything. I just think it's a tough situation right. being put into that situation yeah. at a young age. Right. I mean, I was going to say, well, um, we can, we can wrap it up. It's, it's four fifty two. I know that. Oh, I gotta get to the mall. You're going to get yelled at. My, I don't know if you got a text. Daughter. Yeah. She's got plans tonight. Mm hmm. Taxi driver. Yeah. After all of this opportunity I've seized in well, life, guess it what? really all comes down to I'm a middle-aged taxi driver. You know now. what's funny? When she's 16 <laughs> and has her permit or when she gets her license, that's what my mom did immediately. She's like, hey, uh, mom and dad are going to go out and you're going to pick us up because we're going to have a fun night. <laughs> so it, it, it'll pay off later when she has a car and you're like, hey, guess what? Remember all those right. times I drove you everywhere? Right. I should like keep a log now. Yeah. You owe me all these. She wants me to be taxi driver and she wants my money. So that's why I got to keep working, Chase. <laughs> kids are expensive all right well i had a i had a great time talking to you yeah me too this is a really fun. good this is a really good podcast it was uh it was good to have you on and awesome. it's fun i hope you have a, a good not rest as scary of your as night. i thought it would be yeah no it's it's it can be a lot of people get behind like the microphone they're like they forget how to talk uh, you would be surprised really? yeah but well you, you did really easy. good you make it easy you're a good thank conversationalist you. thank you Good All luck right. to you. We're proud of you for doing this. Thank you. There it is, guys. Another episode of Cut to the Chase. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. I had a great time recording this one, and I thought it was awesome to hear from someone to talk about various paths life can take you down, even though you might have a different plan mapped out. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Cut to the Chase Podcast for more content and information on episodes. If you guys really enjoyed the show, subscribe or like us on whatever platform you're listening to the show. Also, it would be awesome if you guys could leave us a review if you really enjoyed And until next time, make the most out of life and the opportunities presented to you and stay safe. Peace out, guys.